Brailcast is made possible with support from Bristol Braille Technology, developers of Canute, the first multi-line Braille e-reader. Visit the website at bristolbraille.co.uk, email inquiries at bristolbraille.co.uk, or call 0117-325-3022. Hello, and a very warm welcome back to Brailcast, your podcast keeping our fingers on all things Braille. And this time we are joined by Christina Salciano, who is from Stratford-on-Avon. And uh, Christina started Advent for Change, who've produced a Braille Advent calendar. It's not often we find ourselves talking about a Braille Advent calendar, but Christina's organisation has been responsible for one. And in this episode, we're going to get to know Christina, what drove her to create the Advent calendar, and where you can get it. Hello, Christina. A very warm welcome to Brailcast. How are you? Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, I'm um, not too bad. Not too bad. So we're going to talk about Braille in a little while. I mean, this is Brailcast, of course, uh, after all. But just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where Advent for Change uh, came from, and uh, the kind of first time you got interested in Braille. Of course. Um, so Advent of Change started... Um, about a year ago now, over a year ago now, it goes so quickly. Um, and it just started in sort of the, the consumer whirlwind of advent calendars. Um, it was coming up to Christmas and there seemed to be something for absolutely every single product imaginable. There was gin, there was cheese, there was pork scratchings. I think there was a sausage roll advent calendars and you could get Swiss ones up to something like £10,000. Um, but there didn't really seemed to be much that was ethical um, and there really didn't seem to be anything that was um, charitable and um, I just started looking around and I couldn't see anything that, that worked in the way that I sort of thought it should um, where it supported multiple charities you found a different charity each day um, and you made a, a donation to some brilliant causes um, instead of sort of finding a little bit of chocolate um, and sort of as soon as I realised it didn't exist, I thought, well, I've got to give this a go. And so I did. So why did you think that you were the person to create an ethical Advent calendar? Um, I wouldn't necessarily think that I was the person to do it. Um, just with it not being around, um, I, I sort of felt like it was my obligation to, to bring it to life. I, I felt like it could have a really positive impact um, and so thought it was worth sort of giving it a go. And um, it was really well received. So in our first year, we raised £100,000 for 24 different charities, amazing charities. Um, and we were actually John Lewis's best-selling advent calendar, which is um, still, I still pinch myself whenever I have to say that. Um, so yeah, it, um, it did really, really well. And we're hoping that this year, um, it's going to make an even bigger impact. So let's just dial that back a little bit because a hundred thousand pounds, I mean, that's an extraordinary sum of money. And wh- where did you start? Like when you had this sort of epiphany and you realized actually, you know what, there aren't any ethical advent calendars out there. I want to do something about this. What were your first steps? Oh gosh, I mean, first of all, I don't think I've had a full eight hours in about the past two years. Um, so um, I think that's definitely something that probably everybody has in common when they're um, trying to do a fundraising activity. Um, 
but it, it, I guess it started with the charities. Uh, obviously, they're, they're the reason why we do what we do. Um, so that's where it had to start. Um, and so I started um, basically looking at all of the things that were wrong with the world <laughs> um, and then started to find all of the brilliant organizations who were doing sort of great work to fix it, essentially. I started approaching those. Um, and actually, it was a it was a mixed response, funnily enough, because um, you know I'm, I'm brand new. I was well, I was brand new to this world, um, and a lot of charities initially thought, you know, what what's this all about? Um, a lot of them thought it was a scam. It was hard to get through to people. Um, you know, I was just working from my car. All of my paperwork was in my glove box, um, and so eventually, um, I started to have some better conversations with different charities, um, and then from there, quite quickly, um, secured. 24 charities that would benefit from the project clearly you know you 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 want to make the world a better place and that's admirable and often individuals feel like they're up against it and you know what what's your your background where where does this all come from oh gosh nothing nothing similar um if i'm honest which made it sort of all the more difficult because i was learning everything brand new i was Googling every step of the way. Um, I actually worked in property and then I worked in marketing. Um, so the marketing actually um, did put me in good stead um, because I sort of um, knew a thing or two about getting it out there, getting the word out there, what it should look and feel like. Um, and then also my property connections, um, I actually managed to secure two sponsors um, for the first year who funded the actual production of the calendars. Um, and they were from my property contacts, from my property days. So um, it all sort of came full circle. Well, how did you select the first uh, 24 charities? Um, so it's a couple of things. So we like to make sure that there's um, a really good broad range of sectors. So we try and make sure that pretty much everything is covered. Um, we then look at the geographical location of those charities. Um, so we want to make sure that not every charity is based in London, for example. Um, so we try and spread those out. Um, and then we also try and make sure that there's a really good mix of large to small charities. Um, so we support, you know, some huge multinational organizations. Um, but then also we make sure that we support a lot of small charities. Um, and some of the charities that we support, you know, you, you would struggle to find them. Otherwise, they don't have budgets for, um, you know, Google advertising and Facebook advertising and things like that. So it's a really important part, actually, um, of how they can get the word out there. So we like to support them as well um, and just make sure that there's always a good mix, essentially. You say we, so that sounds like there might just be uh, more than just you, Christina. Oh, yes. Well, it's, um, it, was, it was me all alone last year. And then um, this year I've been very fortunate. So we've got a, a tiny but amazing team of people. Um, most of them I've actually convinced to work for free. So um, we've got a, a bunch of volunteers um, and then it's myself part time. Um, and then we've also got another lady who works part time as well. So it's, um, we all sort of club in, but it's still very much um, at my kitchen table. It literally is from my kitchen table most of the time. Um, and we all just sort of do what we can around life and jobs and things. This is Brailcast, of course. And uh, when did you first become aware? Of Braille? Um, so it was probably when we were starting to talk about the range for this year. Um, I realized quite early on that there was a group of people who were just completely excluded from this product that we created. Um, you know, it's a, it's a print item, 
it's text-based. Um, there's no chocolate or anything behind the doors, um, which basically means that if you can't read it, um, you just can't use it, and it would make you feel really bad, which we just hate. You know, we say we're an inclusive organisation, um, and we say that we don't want anybody to be excluded, and so it just felt like the right thing to do to make it accessible. Once you decided Braille readers were being excluded from the calendar and you wanted to do something about that, what, what did you do? Well, to be honest, I thought it would already exist. Um, I, I never thought that nobody else in the UK would be doing this. Um, and so I just assumed that I could speak to somebody and we would hit go and it would be made tomorrow. Um, so funnily enough, one of the first things I did um, was go and speak to John Lewis um, and see what they thought of the idea. Um, they were really excited about it. They said, yeah, we'll definitely take it. Um, and then we, we had the order in. So I thought, well, fair job done. I'll go and speak to people and we'll get this thing made. Um, it was actually really difficult from there. With it being um, a brand new product, um, there were so many obstacles. Um, and it wasn't, it, there wasn't a lot of help. Um, I actually went to four different commercial um, Braille manufacturers who all told me it was impossible. Um, pretty much, you know, I, I sent samples and things like that, and nobody was even humoring it. And, you know, people whose job it is um, to transcribe Braille, um, you know, nobody was helping or able to help. Or, you know, people were very nice. They just said it was impossible. Um, and I, I do think there is a need for a bit more, like, innovative thinking. I don't know. Um, and obviously, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know tons about the Braille industry, um, but it, it did seem like there wasn't a lot of innovation um, and, and there, it, it, there wasn't a lot of willingness either. Um, and the only people that really were going, OK, yeah, challenge accepted. Let's find a way to do it. And, you know, we went through a different prototypes of the RNIB um, and they were sort of the only ones that were really open minded. Um, and, and I do think that maybe there is a need for a little bit of a shake up um, in that respect. Were you aware of RNIB at the outset? Um, I wasn't really. I mean, I, I, I sort of, I'd heard of them, but I wasn't aware of everything that they did and the amazing work that they do. I thought that they were sort of a, a governing body. Um, and it was only upon speaking to them. Um, and, you know, I dealt with so many different departments within the RNIB. Um, they've been so, so helpful. And they've actually helped to develop the product as well. Um, you know, I was incredibly naive. Um, going into this and I didn't realize the size of Braille you know that's probably my biggest limitation initially um, I thought it could be the same size and the same mechanism as the existing calendar but it would be in Braille um, obviously Braille is about 10 times the size um, of the font that we use currently and so we had to really rethink it um, and there were actually so many roadblocks because um, I don't know if you're aware but Braille has never been used under perforations before that's brand brand new um, and so that, something that I thought would be really simple to do, um, was incredibly innovative, but also incredibly difficult because um, the Braille machine, we initially wanted it to be quite loose. We want the doors to come off really easily. Um, however, it has to go through a process whereby it goes through Braille machinery. And the Braille machinery is actually quite harsh um, on that perforation. And so we actually had to make the product um, a bit stiffer, like we had to make the perforations a lot harder than we'd have initially liked, um, just so it didn't fall apart. And you know, that took about, I think we went through eight samples um, until we were a happy medium. So something that you think would be really, really simple um, became really difficult actually. 
there was a lot that went into it, which I really didn't appreciate, but I'm, I'm very glad that we did. And what about actually the translation itself? Because, I mean, you've mentioned the difference there about the size of Braille compared with the size of print. But obviously, in order to put print text into Braille, it needs to go through a translation process. Were, were you involved in that at all? I have to say, the RNIB have been our absolute best friends. They've taken care of all of that for us. Um, So what we did is with them, we created um, a prototype of how it would work. Um, And then from there, we sent them the artwork. We sent them the text. It was really important to us early on that the Braille product also had the text. So that if there's a family where one person is blind and one person isn't, we didn't want them to feel they had to get two calendars unless they wanted to. Um, So actually, there is text on it as well. So there's basically the Braille and then there's the translated text small sort of underneath it so it can be used um, by both and um, what the RNIB did is they told us the amount of space we needed to leave um, and then they just transcribed it for us um, they also provided the braille for us um, within that process so um, they really really took care of us um, and I have to say they've been they've been fantastic we're really really proud to have partnered with them. Is one of your 24 charities RNIB? Of course they are. Of course they are. Um, you know, we, we love what they do. Um, so we're so, so proud to support them and so grateful for what they've done as well. Um, and actually, as, as well as RNIB, um, we have a couple of other charities that support the blind and partially sighted community. So we also support Seeability um, and we support Guide Dogs for the Blind as well. So, Christina, when people order their Advent of Change uh, calendar, um, what can they expect? I mean, what, what kind of size is, is the product? And, and I have to say, what are, we, what are we going to expect to pay? Of course. Um, so it's £29.95 um, and your 24 donations are made the moment that you purchase it. Um, it then just gets dispersed. So it's a really easy way to make a donation to 24 different charities. Um, and every charity gets £1 per day. Um, when you get the product, um, the size of it, it's sort of a, a ring-bound calendar, um, and that's in order to um, sort of hold the 24 different pages, plus the front page and the back explanatory pages. Um, it's just smaller than A4. It's a little bit narrower than A4, um, so it's about 29 centimetres by about 17 centimetres, um, and it's about 2 centimetres thick, I would say. Um, and then every every different day you flip it over the ring binder um, every day um, is a new page and the perforated door spans pretty much the, the whole um, the whole of that page so there's a little tab um, which you lift up so you feel for the tab um, you lift it up um, and then you effectively just pull and that opens the perforations um, and then behind that door you'll be able to um, sort of feel what the donation is that you've made that day so it will say something like today you've given a hot meal to a homeless person or today you've given a blanket to a child refugee or today you've picked 50 items of plastic from the ocean Um, and that's all hidden behind that door Um, and you can either leave the door on it's got a hinge um, or you can just tear it off entirely So Advent for Change is an inclusive calendar. Christina, talk us through the testing process. So did you have blind people involved in, you know, checking the Braille and and all of that? We did, yes, we did. Um, And RNIB are the ones that took care of that side of it for us. Um, So we did a number of tests. 
um, and we test you know the thickness of the paper for example um, you know we wanted it to be quite thick because our um, our sort of standard advent calendar is quite thick card but then obviously that has to comply with the braille machinery which can only accept a sort of a certain amount of thickness to go through it um, so we went through all of that process um, and we also had to make sure that the braille was really robust um, because it's a product that's going to be on the shelves it's going to be you know in and out of lorries and things like that it can't be fragile um, and so we went through a really rigorous testing process um, and I hope that you know I hope that we've got to a happy medium um, it's our first year doing it so I'm sure there might be things that um, you know next year we choose to develop or tweak or you know based on feedback that we get um, there might be something that we do to make it um, I don't know easier or make it better um, but for now, we've sort of we've got to a place where we're really happy with it, and hopefully, um, customers really like it too. And during this whole journey, I mean, what have you learned about Braille? Oh, so much, um, so so much. Um, I think that the big thing for me initially was the size, um, and then it was to do with the translation of it. It was, you know, I would ask really silly questions at some point, like um, in the artwork, for example. Um, we've got an arrow and the arrow says tear here and it indicates where you're meant to pull um, and I sort of said well can we do an arrow in braille um, and I was told no you can't it doesn't exist so there were a few things um, that we had to change the design or the wording um, based on it um, but again we were really lucky that we had the RNIB to guide us through that essentially um, and what we did is we've created um, sort of the first page on the advent calendar um, is the same it just says advent to change open up to change which is our strap line and then you flip that over and there's a how-to page which explains how to use the calendar um, which was really important because obviously it's, it's brand new um, and on the back for example um, instead of having one back page we split that into two back pages so that we can get all of the information across we think is important you know we don't want to make this a, a lesser product in any way we want this to be not better or worse, just equal um, to the existing advent calendar. Um, and so that's why we've made decisions like that. Have you learned any of the Braille code? Um, I, you, I, I think I'd be very embarrassed if I tried to read it. I don't think I could probably read it myself. Um, but I have been learning about the alphabet and numbers and things like that. Um, because obviously we have um, every day, there's one, two, three, four. Um, so I've probably got a, a very, very basic grasp. That might even be being kind to myself. <laughs> Did you get any pushback from people saying, well, you know what, you know, blind people, they've got audio now, don't really need Braille? Yeah, we did, actually. Um, there, was, there was a point where we thought, should we make a digital calendar or should we make an audio calendar? Um, but we just, we, we felt quite strongly um, that the thing that makes an advent calendar special is it's something that you have you know the, the, the whole way for us it's just been about creating something that's equal um we didn't want to create a variation that was less than um and i think if we'd have just created a an audio version or just had a code or something like that um it would have been sort of a halfway house i mean that, that's my opinion um but we really wanted to create something that showed that we really care and that we want to create an equal product and we want it to be an accessible product um, and also that the thing for me is that you know we, we wanted it to make a bit of a statement as well 
um, because we've managed to create a Braille advent calendar. It's not been done before, and we've done it on an absolute shoestring budget with you know a couple of part-time members of staff and everyone else working for free. So um, we've managed to do that because it's the right thing to do, um, and it should be an accessible product. Um, and so what I'm really hoping is that this time next year, we're not the only one. You know, I hope that we're one of 10, and the year after that, I hope that we're one of 30. Um, I hope that it makes other companies think, um, how can we make our products accessible? Many of us who use Braille are very passionate about it, and, you know, we we sort of defend it vigorously. But you, you must have at some point become aware of the fact that actually it's a very small minority of blind people. And, of course, blind people are a very small minority of the market. How, how did you justify uh, taking that that decision? Which, yes, you're 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 an ethical project, but also there's the commercial reality of of production and everything. How did you justify the decision to go with Braille? Um, honestly, it just felt like the right thing to do um, because there's there's not another group of people who can't use the product um, because of the way that it is. You know, it's 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 a product that before having the Braille equivalent you literally could not use if you were blind. And so we wanted to make sure that that community you were catered for, essentially. Um, so that's why it was really, really important to us. Um, but also, you know, we, we didn't create, you know, our, our other products, we create 25,000. We didn't create that many. You know, we created, um, you know, we're, we're talking hundreds of calendars that we've made. Um, and we have sort of, um, we've created fully um, a certain amount. But then we've also got a certain amount, which is sort of half, half done so that if we get more orders we can then quickly make them up um, and so we have put things in place to sort of be able to cater to the demand um, but then also not bankrupt us in the process um, and hopefully we've reached a happy medium um, it is you know it, it is difficult especially with it being a brand new product um, you don't know you don't know where to go in at you don't know how many to make you don't know how popular it's going to be um, so um, yeah hopefully we've reached a happy medium if I might play devil's advocate for a second, did you not at any point think, you know what, if we do Braille, we're probably going to exclude a lot of the blind people that don't use Braille? Um, potentially, but with it being a, a paper-based product, um, I, I don't know what else we could have done, essentially. Um, you know, our, our website, you know, I, I know that there's programs out there, um, to be able to um, transit websites and things like that. Um, we make sure that we're on sort of a very standard platform. We have things like alt tags to our images um, to make sure that we're as accessible as we can be digitally as well. Um, but in terms of the product itself, um, I don't think there's anything else that we could have done to make it accessible, to be honest. Well, Christina, I can tell you, we are very, very happy that you went with Braille and uh, oh, absolutely delight, delighted with that. What, what's been the response? Um, it's been really, really nice response, actually. Um, we've had people um, writing in to say they've never been able to have an advent calendar before and how excited they are about it. Um, we've actually had orders from all over the world. Um, we've had sort of um, institutes from Canada and the US say, you know, can we do these next year? Um, so hopefully it's, um, it's starting a little bit of a movement. And really, I, I hope it starts people talking and I hope it sparks maybe some conversations around some bigger boardrooms than, than my kitchen table um, to sort of 
make sure that products are accessible. Christina, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to to have you on the podcast and and to speak with you is that you have basically you've invented a braille product which is available in John Lewis for goodness sake that is remarkable and uh, we're 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 delighted that that that's happened so just just kind of talk us through how do people get it where is it all of that oh thank you well i have to say john lewis have been the most phenomenal partners um from day one um you know from when it was just me and my car glove box <laughs> um they've been so so supportive they don't make um they don't make a profit from the products um and you know we we come up with an idea that is unproven such as the braille advent calendar um and they get behind it um, and they have done that you know they've proven themselves to do that every step of the way and this year they've even introduced us to waitrose um so we're in waitrose stores as well um which has just been incredible i have to say we, we absolutely love them um, so you can pick up the, um, the Braille Advent Calendar. It's online at adventchange.com. So our entire range um, is available there. Um, and then the Braille Advent Calendar is also available um, on, in the Oxford Street store of John Lewis um, and then online as well at johnlewis.com. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's quite readily available and quite mainstream, which is really important to us. So if you would like to pick up the calendar, you can do that from adventofchange.com or uh, you can pop into John Lewis in their Oxford Street store. Uh, Christina, is there anything I haven't asked you that you wanted to to, to add for, for people interested in Braille and interested in your project? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I mean, it would be lovely. You know, there, there are so many ways that, you can support us and our charities um, if the advent calendar isn't something that you're able to get or if you've already got the advent calendar um, and you want to support a bit further, um, everything goes such a long way. Um, so if you could just talk about it to people or suggest it um, as corporate gifts at work or follow us, following us on social media, we're Advent of Change um, and we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, anything you can imagine. Um, and, you know, Popping a nice comment on there goes such a long way. Um, so anything you can do to help shout about us is so appreciated. Christina from Advent of Change right here on Brailcast. You're changing the world one dot at a time. Thank you very much indeed for your company. And uh, if you'd like to find out more, you can, of course, visit adventofchange.com. And uh, there will, of course, be a link in our show notes. Uh, To keep up with Brailcast, you can visit us online at brailcast.com. We are at Brailcast on Twitter. And you can drop us a line, news at Brailcast. Uh, I've been Dave Williams. Thank you to Christina. And until next time, bye for now. <laughs>